The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Now it is the perfect time to get a really great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the half-ton Tundra. Uh, the Tundra is a workhorse. It's a powerhouse. Uh, it combines raw capability and premium comfort and advanced tech. It's everything you want. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the new fully redesigned Tacoma. It has trail-dominating power. It's got a great style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this truck is getting better than ever. And look, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck is going to keep its value for a long, long time. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Uh, you're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. It's a fat cat, dude. Huh? How fat he's long. She, Jose just rolled over, like. <laughs> I mean, what is that? He's what? He's got a little like tick. He's got a tick. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a little homeless street. That tick. looks like a hair sausage. Okay, well that is obviously offensive. And I mean that is and not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him though. He's just like a little. He's like an adorable missile. No, it's like he's just like a, he's a hairy bomb you just want to hug. Right. Look at him, he's on guard. Uh, do you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> 1661. Whoa. Air pollution has been around for a long time. In 1661? Yeah. It's, it, there was air pollution in, I think, the, the 1200s, and the King of England was like, you guys stop burning stuff. I don't, well, know, I don't know if that was the exact We language. didn't listen to the king. I don't know if that was the exact language. Hey, guys, stop burning stuff. In 1661, England, John Evelyn published The Inconvenience of the Air and Smoke of London Dissipated. Did he also claim he invented the internet? And (laughs) Book titles are not great back then. That's so long. Uh, It was a call to clean up the air of the city. The writing described the effects of air pollution on the people of London. Quote, in London, her inhabitants breathe nothing but an impure and thick mist. Accompanied by a fulinginous and filthy vapor, which renders them obnoxious to a thousand inconveniences. Yeah. Corrupting the lungs and disordering the entire habit of their bodies so that cathars, sticks, 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 P-H-T-I-S-I-C-K-S. Shouldn't be a word. Sticks. Shouldn't be a word. Uh, Not allowed. Coughs and consumptions rage more in this one city than the whole earth besides. Wow. So he's saying London is... London's Hong Kong. London's fucked up. Yeah. Some fucked up shit. Yeah. It's filthy. 
He recommended burning coal instead of wood. Yeah, well, look, I mean, this is the guy you want to be listening to. He gets how it works. Yeah. And uh, and uh, recommended being coal instead of wood and relocating the worst polluting industries outside the city. Uh, you can actually see Monet's paintings. Uh, some of them have captured the London fog. Like when he yeah. went to London, he painted cityscapes. But it's the London like fog was always, I thought, an actual fog. No, no I mean They're, the London smog. Well, the London smog, okay. But he's actually, he's like, you can actually see it in right. his... Uh, just tremendous artwork. Well. Yeah, but it's also hard, you know, painting, it's hard for a painting to be hard evidence. Your um, Honor, if you see right there, there's a second gunman in the painting. Back then they used uh, paintings in court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this implicates me. I changed my plea to guilty, Your Honor. <laughs> you can clearly see in that painting I was not at the party I said I was. Uh, but with new sources of technology came new Sources of pollution. The Industrial Revolution exploited the use of fossil fuels. This is going to have fun twists. Smoke pouring out of chimneys became a symbol of power and optimism. Optimism is interesting. Yeah, that's what it was. They were like, this is going to be great. Boy, I've got a good feeling about this. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so the Industrial Revolution. By the 18th century and first part of the 19th century... Coal was being used on a large scale as factories produced products and filthy air. This particularly affected people in uh, living in cities, right? Uh-huh. By the early 20th century, as people continued to flock to cities, smoking chimneys uh, just became a part of daily life. Like, that's how we do. That's how but it, a lot of it, like, a lot of it was heat-based, though, right? Heat-based? Yeah. You, like, in your home? Yeah, yeah, sure. There's there, for sure people burn coal. Uh, almost everybody burn coal. It's like ninety-seven percent of people at this point are burning coal. Um, you know, when I was a kid, there's a picture of me in a fireplace in England eating coal. Sure. And I have coal all around my mouth, and I'm sure. eating coal. And instead of stopping me, people took pictures of me. Well, people didn't know how stupid you were until that moment. No, no, no. Like, were, no, should... please. That's insulting. They, they knew, knew way ahead of that. They, they knew. Before. They knew. They knew very early. Yeah, they knew very early. He's an idiot. Look at our little idiot boy. He's eating rocks. I remember one time I showed my mother I drew a square at like age six, and I was really proud, and she was super let down by my pride. <laughs> oh, you like that, too? I was you? like, look at that. She was like, oh, dear. Oh, mommy's going to have a little cry. <laughs> and mommy doesn't need milk in her tears. And me- oh, never mind. I'll fuck that up. <laughs> Never been so sad. <laughs> look, look, glad if he made a square. <laughs> Mom's crying. Mom's sweating from her eyes again. Yes, yes, love. Yes, love. Uh, so Just when people when people would come from the country into the city, they would be like, "What is with the smell?" Okay. And the people in the cities would say it was fine. It's totally normal because that's what they're used oh, to. Oh, you mean the smell of optimism? That's hope, yeah. my friend. <laughs> that's a good feeling. Some would say that's the smell of money. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it was. Yeah, it's it right. their job. Sure. If you want a job, you, uh, the smell in the dirty air was part of it. Right. Most companies had drawings of their factories on their letterheads, and those drawings had huge chimneys pouring out smoke. Yeah. It was a simple that the company was doing well. So- uh, again, <laughs> evidence is in drawings. <laughs> 
Boy, look at the size of that building on that letterhead. That's someone I've got to be in business with. Excuse me, sir, but you've got nine smokestacks on your letterhead and smoke is pouring out? How may I get in business with you? Well, that's just how popular we are. And then you get there and there's none? Wait. This is fraud! Well, now hold on. You had smokestacks on your letterhead. Now, well, yes, but let me tell you, let me explain myself. You sell fruit! Well, yes, but let me explain myself. Right. We sell fruit here. What about the smokestacks? I thought you were a good company. I had someone make letterhead. Nobody wants to work with fruit. You put some apples on top, people might come around. No. Be my friend. I would like to leave. Be my friend. You're terrible Be my friend. So, smoke equaled progress. (laughs) (laughs) There's our title. It was a good time. (laughs) Oh my god, your cat just I mean that your cat just picked its pushed itself up. Jose pushed That's how he it, sits. Pushed himself up <laughs> on the armrest and then like a sat down like a bro. Like he a does. bro That's sitting how he down does, on his butt. He sits down like that. He loves okay. it. <laughs> I don't even know what just happened. Uh some cities tried to do something about what seemed like an obvious problem. In 1881, Chicago passed the first smoke ordinance in the U.S., but it wasn't easy in other places. In the 19th and early, 20, early 20th century, St. Louis was known as the country's dirtiest city. Okay. In 1893, St. Louis tried to pass this ordinance. The emission into the open air of a dance black or thick gray smoke within the corporate limits of the city of St. Louis is hereby declared to be a nuisance. Was that the title? That's I'm reading the. That's or, the I'm whole. Reading, I'm reading what the tra- There's more. Okay. The owners, occupants, managers, and agents of the establishment, locomotives, or premises from which dense black or thick gray smoke is emitted or discharged shall be deemed guilty of a misdemeanor. And upon conviction, therefore, shall pay a fine of not less than 10 or more than $50. Okay, so they're cracking down. They're bringing it fucking hard. Right. The reason that they said black or gray is because some cities passed one that said no black. black smoke, and then people would be like, <laughs> it's gray. Yeah, our, our, our factory makes gray smoke, so uh, oh, I don't know God, what to dude. tell you. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Heitzberg Packing and Provision Company, a horrible polluter, fought back in court. It went all the way to the Missouri Supreme Court, who declared the law invalid. Yep. Quote, while it is entirely competent for the city to pass a reasonable ordinance, looking at the suppression of smoke when it becomes a nuisance to property or health or annoying the public at large, this ordinance must be held void because it exceeds the power of the city under its charter to declare and abate nuisances. Oh, my God. So they're saying that. It's okay for the city to pass an ordinance if it has the power to do so, but since the state had not given it the power to declare it a nuisance, then it can't. So, more pollution! Perfect. You Fuck see where you it comes city from, people? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doctors by the 1930s began to recognize the smog enveloping cities uh, was bad for people's health. But how could they change it? Coal was the mechanism that made the cities move. But people began speaking out against pollution. There was a document made in 1939, mm-hmm. which was called, uh, I should know this. Uh, oh, boy, I don't have it here. I think it was called The City. Yeah, it was called The City. The City? Is that a good? <laughs> it's not the best. So their titles are either insanely long or just far too short? 
I mean, it's not the best name. The city? Yeah, it's called the city. Ready? Yeah. Smoke makes prosperity, they tell you here. Smoke makes prosperity, no matter if you choke on it. We got to face life in these shacks and alleys. We got to let our children take their chances here with rickets, typhoid, TB, or worse. They draw a blank, the kids. They have no business here, this no man's land, this slag heap wasn't meant for them. There's poison in the air we breathe, there's poison in the river. The fog and smoke below ride up and choke us. So it was wow, dark. that is... It's a little darker. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm like genuinely terrified now. Because we're, so mu- we're so much worse off. Oh god, the smoke's coming up and it's choking uh, us. Yeah, rickets. They, people, uh, yeah, there was all kinds of the things. The smoke's going to come up and beat the living shit out of you. Oh, I can't tell you how much smoke has been kicking little kids in their genitals. Little kids. <laughs> the smoke's molesting your children. It's a dark time. So that was uh, Denora, which sprang, uh, sprang to life in 1901 because of its location near natural resources, and there was a river. Okay. Uh, several companies came, including the Union Steel Company, the Carnegie Steel Company, the Matthew Woven Wire Fence Company, the Denora Zinc Works. The Zinc Works was the largest in the world. How de do. <laughs> okay. The Pennsylvania Railroad also brought trains to the town, and of course, all of this brought smog. Right. Well, you mean prosperity, prosperity clouds. and happiness. You mean the dark clouds of happiness, <laughs> optimus cumulus. But to the people there, it was a normal thing. Uh, Bill Shemp, a kid living in Denora, said, "Quote: It was n- a normal thing to be around and have it around us all the time. The yeah, the smoke's good for you. See, Mister. Environment was normal. This is us. right for you. See, because we grew up in it. We grew up in it. It's here. This is what we do. This thing basically raised me." <laughs> Uh, Charles Stacy said, quote, we didn't see much sunshine here in Denora because there was so much smoke from the steel work and zinc works. Oh, God. This was going on all the time. I don't think we understood there was sun and vegetation and beautiful surroundings like there were in many other places of the country. Oh, my God. Back then, a big trip for us was to go to Pittsburgh, which was highly polluted at that time. <laughs> oh, also. boy, look at this. Holy shit, the look at the skies of Pittsburgh. Look at the filth here. <laughs> Boy, they got some good stink here. I've never seen so much filth. It's wonderful. Look at their sky stink. Ma, the clouds are all black. Now you breathe it in nice and deep, guys. I love the big city. <laughs> breathe in the fresh air. So, uh, I didn't put this in here, but um, one, one woman said that her mom would wash her cur- their curtains every week. Because they would get so filthy. I think there. I think there's a middle ground there. I think that. I think there's a little from column A, a little from column B. Probably dirty curtains once a week washing a little much. And uh, and of course their their clothes were complete. You would walk. You would walk. You would walk home from work and you would be like you know sooty. Yeah. Um, and then Living eventually in the city. businesses. Uh, were spending so much money cleaning windows oh. that it became a legitimate. Cost. Uh, homes were covered in uh, a gray dust, but not everyone took it laying down. Abby Salipino started the society. Salipino? She He's hated a, naps. A, a, him, Italian. Him, he hated naps. Uh, he hated siestas. 
Uh, he started the Society for Better Living in 1936, which promoted fresh and green grass. Fresh air and green grass. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we should have... Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, we have gathered here today because we all like our grass green. Yes? That's it! <laughs> all right, Dale. But those are, I mean, those are just the no-brainer things that we've just completely lost touch well, of. Yeah, so much of the grass in, nearby uh, Denora was just dead. Right. Uh, That's a good sign. The society would often take American steel and wire to court, sometimes winning, usually losing, or running out of money. They're actually one of the very, very first environmental uh, organizations. Okay. The same year uh, the documentary uh, came out and produced, the one that I played, uh, Smog was terrible in uh, St. Louis. Okay. Without uh, even without their law that they tried to pass earlier, city leaders had tried to do something about it. They tried to educate people to build cleaner fires. Uh, everyone was using what was called soft coal, which was a dirty, cheap, high sulfur oh, coal, God. and no one cared. It was cheap, right? Yeah. That's how they get it. Um, it was realized they could use a cleaner fuel like gas or oil or anthracite, but uh, those were too expensive. In 1936, after debating it for years, the council required homes and businesses to install mechanical smokers in furnaces. What the f- what's that? Not everyone did it. It's just a, mechan- a way to cut. Just, it's just a way to cut down an emission. Oh, yeah. that, that's how, that's like how they do the emissions here on cars. Like it's just the biggest joke. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> like you could have a car that should not pass, and they're just like, "Yeah, you pass. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Fifty yeah, bucks, no, you, you pass fine. for sure. You're fine. There you go. You're fine. What are you talking about? Fine. Just go ahead, get out of here. Just get, get out of here. Get, hey. You see some of these cars that are here. You're like, what is going on? How is that? How is a Pontiac that's on fire on sunset right now? <laughs> what is going on? The city created a division of smoke regulation in 1937. Mayor Bernard Dickman. Bernie Dickman <laughs> named. Whoa. A- a smoke commissioner. Bernie Dickman hates fire. Bernie Dickman is tired of smoke. He's tired of burning. Uh, uh, the smoke commissioner was thorough and dedicated. The mayor's smog man tried to get out the message through the, the mayor's, newspaper. Did you say the mayor's smog man? Smog man. I call them a smog okay. man. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Hey, I love it. Where's my smog man? I'm right here, chief. I can't see you. Of course you can't. That's part of the guy, see? <laughs> But it soon became obvious the only thing to do was to wash and size soft coal. So wash it down so it's not as dirty. Okay. What? So what? Get yourself a cloth. <laughs> Washing take, put, coal? Put it in the bath, I guess. <laughs> this coal's really clean <laughs> and still filthy. Uh, so that made soft coal burn hotter and cleaner. But the east side business interests were not down with the this. The rag industry must have been booming oh, at that time. fucking huge. <laughs> So the Eastside business interests were not down with this, and they threatened to boycott St. Louis products. Okay. If you make us use clean coal, we will stop buying oh, stuff. Jeez. Oh, that is straight from the top of the asshole corporation. <laughs> asshole Inc. Then came t- Tuesday, November 28th, or as it became known in St. Louis, Black Tuesday. Oh, boy. There was a temperature inversion over the city, which trapped the smog. The sun could not be seen. The city was just enveloped in a thick black smoke. Oh, gosh. No one had ever seen anything this bad. The streetlights were turned on so people could get back and forth from work. A newspaper reported a streetcar passenger asked a conductor to let him off at 13th and Washington, quote, if you can find it. Oh, gosh. Around here will do. <laughs> honey? <laughs> honey? Hello? I hear you, honey. I'm looking. I- Hello? Keep talking, hon. 
I'm over in the dark cloud. No, well, everything's a dark cloud. Han? Help me. Wait, what? I'm getting further away. Help me. Honey? Where is everything? Have you seen Silent Hill? Not now. Let's find each other. Then we'll do small talk. The smog hung around for nine days, and it caused the council to finally take action. The resistors no longer fought back. Yeah. New cleaner supplies of coal were purchased. A new smoke ordinance was passed, and the public was educated. And from then on, the city's air improved. But other cities in America still hung on with their polluting ways. Back to Donora, Pennsylvania, which would become the poster boy of air pollution. By 1948, it had 14,000 people living in the city and thousands of others living nearby and commuting. And it had shitloads of air pollution. But that was the trade-off for having a great job. Sure. Yep. Then came Wednesday, October 27th, 1948. A massive inversion. Gray Wednesday. Yep. Good, the be- Wednesday. Gray. Best Wednesday ever yeah. is what they call it. Yeah. A massive inversion of cold air settled over the valley. Hot fumes were trapped in a sandwich layer with cold air on sandwich the Sandwich layer is probably not a good thing to hear. Yum- it's yummy. It's true. Uh, so there's cold air on the top. There's fumes in the middle. And then there's another cold layer of air on the bottom, which trapped the air. So normally there's, uh, there's the hot air... And then a cold layer above it, so it can just go the out. Hot air, but if, right. it's, if it's cold, hot, cold, then the air gets trapped down at the very bottom. So the, the air coming out of the chimneys has nowhere to go. It's like, oh, it's so just, the air won't go. So that pollution like won't go through the cold. Correct. It's like there's a so, bubble. There's a bubble right. above the. You've town. closed the windows. You've closed the windows in the town. Right. So, uh, so. Usually there's – right, usually hot air smoke. Smog dissipates usually. So a big, thick, yellowish smog Ugh. descended on the city. It was nothing like anyone in Donora had ever seen before, and it wasn't going anywhere. Two days later, it remained, and it made living hard. Jim Glaros, a fireman at the time, said, quote, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. What? It was like night at 12 noon on Main Street, like it was midnight. That's not healthy. No, I'm sure it's fine. I don't think that's good. This is uh, this is how I work out. But this now. is and this is, like you couldn't get you can't. I mean, they can't go anywhere, right? I mean, the, no, but everyone was staying inside, right? Oh my god! Although I I go to the YMCA and there's a smog room workout now where you, well that place is great. You they have a spinning. Class. Well, have you done Have you done fire Pilates? I've done fire Pilates. They light the room on fire and you stretch. I've done and that. And just, you burn. You just, it's a new you when you walk oh out. Oh my God. When you walk out of there, you feel so good when you finally get Have you tried building. lava yoga? I have tried lava yoga. That is just a little, too much. It's a little bit too a much A little much. Me. A little much. Yeah. Have you tried uh, <laughs> sluice weightlifting? Sluice weightlifting? Yeah, it's where you're in a, just a gross, it's like a mixture of just toxin- and coal residues. Uh, it's just like a Where's pond. that, Bally's? It's like a pond. Yeah, it's Is a Bally's. It's a Bally's. I think that, that makes sense that it would be there. Joe Campa, a restaurant owner, said, It was so bad that I'd accidentally step off the curb and turn my ankle because I couldn't see my feet. Well, I mean, he was yeah, fat, again. to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, honestly, I, could, I mean, that is quite, it's not a huge fall. I mean, he's, he's Ow! a restaurant. Ow! <laughs> Ow! 
The town was very proud of its high school football team, which had recently been ranked as the second best in the country. <laughs> well, it's going to be hard to do anything but run the ball in the championship. Ah, at the game that week, however, it was not great for spectators. They were playing their rivals, and the field was almost invisible. The teams did not pass the ball because the players could not see it in the this air. It's just two teams running at each other. Yeah, and no Boy, can, this is a really horrible game! No one can see anything. The referee can't see anything. No yeah, one how do they know it. if they call it? If they're calling it right. I guess touchdown? Was it a touchdown? We're on the 20-yard line! Wait, no! I'll really prove it! We're in the parking lot! Oh, fuck me! Shit, I'm not even a quarterback! Has anyone seen my son? <laughs> People attended the Halloween parade, but for no reason. <laughs> what a great costume, I imagine. You couldn't see it. Quote, just shadows moving through the gloom. Ugh. Which, now think about it. Very that's Halloween-y. a great Halloween parade. Very halloween That's the best Halloween Very parade. Very halloween Are we all dying? Is this, are we dead? Uh-huh. Has anyone seen my son? <laughs> Charles Stacy, quote, the smog created a burning sensation in your throat and eyes and nose. Oh, good. But we still thought that was just normal for Denora. Yep. Well, there you go. It's denormal. As the days wore on, the effects became worse and more disturbing. One woman went to bed at night, and when she woke up the next morning, all of her plants were dead. Oh, jeez. Flowers, cactuses, everything. Cactuses? Yeah. That's not good. No. When you're killing a cactus. Cacti? Uh, then on Friday, things really kicked in. Quote, on Friday morning, we were walking to school. We could barely see the streetlights, and they were on. And we could hardly see the traffic signals oh, boy. along McCain Avenue. We didn't understand that there was a tragedy unfolding. Oh, gosh. Oh, Eileen, oh no. Eileen Loftus was a nurse at the American Steel and Wire Company. Uh, around 4 p.m., a worker staggered in gasping for air. She had him lie down. And gave him oxygen. Then another worker came in in the same condition. And then another and another. A couple hours later, every bed and exam table had a wheezing, panicked worker on it. Good. A reporter in Pittsburgh phoned in a police report to his paper that people in uh, Donora were uh, flocking to hospitals. The rewrite man at the paper shrugged it off and said, quote, people are always coughing in Donora. Good. Cool I mean, guy. that's what they do. That's what we call them, the coughing... Th that's the high school football team, the coughing like, Donneras. Yeah, the Donneras. The Donneras loogies. <laughs> but that, that's pretty, uh, pretty weird stance if you run a paper to be like, oh, come on, that's not news. Hey, they're dying down you there do in that, that town. You can do they're that. always dying in that town. But you could literally do that about everything. Yeah. You could be like, oh, come on, that happened before. What you, you got new? Hey, you got someone new? got shot in Chicago. They always get uh, shot in Chicago. People getting shot. What else you got? How about any horse on human crime? But uh, later on that day, the paper would be writing different stories about the town. The first person died on Friday. Oh, boy. Tons of people started calling. That makes me think more people are going to die. Why? Because that person is called the first person. No, that was his name. Hmm. Tons of people started calling the fire station because they couldn't breathe. The firemen began to bring oxygen to people so they could survive. Uh, Fireman Bill Shimp was the department's oxygen specialist. Good. He grabbed three addresses and lugged the heavy tanks up the street. They couldn't drive because they couldn't see. Oh, my God. So they carried 18-inch tanks with in inhalation masks and hoses trying to blindly make their way up the streets. Bill, quote, I knew that street like the back of my hand, but it took me But I couldn't hour. see my hand. 
I knew that's you like the back of my hand, but it took me an hour to cover what I would normally do in ten minutes. Oh, that's got to be horrible too. Like couldn't dragging see anything, those, dragging those around like for being lost. Can't like you're basically in pitch black. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be horrible for your eyes. At the first house, he found a middle-aged asthmatic worker and gave him three rounds of oxygen. But then he had to move to the next address. As he did, the family screamed at him that the patient would die. And they weren't wrong. Hundreds fell seriously ill. Hospitals were overwhelmed. The top floor of the Donora Hotel was turned into a hospital to handle the overflow. Oh, gosh. By Saturday, the three funeral homes in town were full of bodies. This wasn't a town that had a lot of death. Usually 30 people died a year, so a rash of deaths was not something they were prepared for. The town had eight doctors who dashed from house to house trying to save people as they fell ill. But there were so many sick, they could, not, they could only spend a few minutes in each house. And people were so panicked, and the doctors so stretched thin, that uh, the people would call more than one doctor at once. So often, doctors were visiting people who had just seen a doctor. Oh, it's just total mayhem. <laughs> Meanwhile, pharmacists, quote, dispensed medications by the handful. Good. People just wanted to get the phlegm out. Well, I just want to get the phlegm out. Okay. Here, take all these. Oh, God. Can I get the phlegm out, please? Yeah, yeah. Here, take these. Oh, my God. Get out. Honestly, get out of here. Get out. I swear. Get, sir? Let me see my son. Sir? <laughs> the fire department ran through their supply of 80 cubic feet of oxygen. Assistant Russell Davis went to nearby towns and took what they had. Quote, I didn't take any myself. What I did every time was I came back to the station and had a little shot of whiskey. <laughs> I like his tactic. I don't hate his tactic. Oh, my God. You guys, this fucking party. I am blind Wait. drunk. Like, I cannot see shit. I mean, uh, what, and you're really complicating your vision I, when you're getting drunk in the black. I feel like this was not the best. Everyone's idea. already on a blackout. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, have you a been, building. I mean, imagine catching him. Drinking? Yeah. Uh, you know, it seemed like a good idea. You're <laughs> drunk. Yes. Hi. Uh, that's not going to help. Very black people are like, All right. I have oxygen. Yeah. I was like, can I have whiskey? Like, I feel so good. You know what I mean? I feel super warm. What? And What are you I talking just, about? I don't know. I feel loose. You're, you might be dying. Have you been outside for a while? Yes. That's not good. Fucking great. It's so weird. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like a yeah. haunted house. There are dead people okay. and people is screaming and it's you, just black. You it's are the not. best you are haunted not, house you are, ever. Okay. Hey. You're my this, boss. This is the best Halloween we've ever had. It's, it's not Halloween. By far. Okay. By far. All right. Did you see the parade the other I'm day? I'm walking away. I gotta find my kid. I'm also looking for my son. <laughs> the building where the Girl Scouts would have their meetings became a temporary morgue. But the zinc works and the That's steel good. mill refused to shut down. What? How? Continuing to spew out toxic clouds into the suffocating atmosphere. They were asked by the town leaders to turn it off, but they wouldn't. And the deaths continued. How, how is that possible? As <laughs> Seriously. I don't think there was any system set up that could shut down a factory. 
But people surely were irate at that happening? I would imagine, but I think there's also a part of their brain that doesn't want to believe that the place they work at is what's killing them. Well, that's a good policy. Uh, the sick became too numerous to count. The national press we got a hold... We can't see them either. Yeah. No. I think I counted them already. No, that's a dog. Oh, God damn it. The national press blamed the deaths on pollution from the zinc works. And on Sunday, October 31st at 6 a.m., the zinc works gave in to public pressure on orders from the parent company, U.S. Steel, and shut down the zinc works. Proud of them. The superintendent said he was sympathetic about the dead and ill, but the, the factory was not responsible. After all, it had been working safely since 1915. So okay, there's no so. way this is us. All right. If any of you are thinking some crazy thoughts like that, you can just screw right off. <laughs> Clearly it's the air. Have you ever? Did you guys see the dome on CBS? Have you guys seen the dome? It's, this is what this is. All right. There'll be no questions. Uh, they actually didn't completely shut down, though. Oh. They put it into what is known as a dead heat, which was to get it down to the lowest temperature they could without putting any ore in it. So it was still warm, but without giving it more ore, they weren't creating pollution. But that's not what saved the town. Okay, so the town does survive. Later that day, a low-pressure system and cold front moved in from the west. Oh, God, the one thing that we won't have. (laughs) <laughs> oh no it brought with it strong winds that finally allowed the atmosphere to start clearing then the rain came and what was left of the deadly smog was washed away 20 people had died that's crazy the plants then fired up again the next day Ugh. researchers have blamed the deaths i wish the-, the plants would die instead of the plants i hear you bro do you know I what I mean? Hear you. Sometimes I wish that these plants would live, yeah, and that those plants over there would wilt and die. Yeah, man. Yeah. I hate you. You see my son? <laughs> I hate your guts. I've never. Where are you? I've never hated anybody more. You know hey, what I man. Mean? You want to know what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be another plants thing. So if you don't want to hear it, you may as well get out I of here. I don't want to hear it. And get out of here. here. I'm leaving. All right. I hate you. All right. Researchers have blamed the deaths on the zinc works, which killed almost all plants and vegetation in a half-mile radius. Good. That's always a good sign when there's a factory and then just good. death. Good. Good. Other plants that no, were more... No problem there. Other plants that were more susceptible to the toxin, which was fluorine... Um, Spewed by the plant, died further out. Corn was one. All the corn in the valley was dead. Fluorine from the zinc plant was the culprit. Some victims had 20 times the normal level. Over the next week, the town buried their dead. The death rate in Denora was usually 30 deaths a year, Mm -hmm. but 20 died in a single weekend. So they're going to break the record. Now, yeah, right? Number one. We're fucking number one. That's cool. Now, Denora and the potential effects of air pollution were big news. Newspapers called from all over the country. State and federal investigators arrived and interviewed every third household. Oh, boy. Probably not good things to say. Air monitoring sites were set up. Meteorological and biological research teams came. U.S. Steel refused to accept any responsibility, saying it was an act of God. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Why would they? Makes total sense. 
was an act of God. God made them burn coal. We've been since 1915 doing this. How could it be us? It's God. It's clearly God. 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 God put a big door or something on top of the town. God. Then, in 1949, the U.S. Public Health Service issued a 173-page report. 5,910 people had become ill from the five-day smog. Wow. That's like almost half the town. That's crazy. But the report would not name what exactly was responsible. Sure. Well, it's hard to tell. The blame fell on the freakish weather pattern. Sorry. They, uh-huh. The thing that saved them, they're saying, what? is the reason that uh, they're the, sick? No, the thing that the first inversion layer. Oh, the layer, cold layer? The cold, yeah, is the cold hot layer is what killed them. Not the thing that was, uh, like, if you're stuck in a room and, and you set, uh, and you set uh, a fire, a smoky uh-huh. you know, fire situation off. The reason you're dying is the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the old saying, coal doesn't kill people. A cold layer kills people. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. No one was really happy with the report. Why? It just explained permissible emission levels in the plant for healthy workers, but said nothing about older people in the community. So they, the, the report did not talk about what How to, killed. It right. just said, these are levels that are fine, but that okay. was in the plant. Now, no, moving forward. And from now, so no old people in your town. All righty. Everyone who died had been over 52 years old and either had a heart or breathing issues beforehand. The local newspaper was furious the zinc plant got off scot-free in the report. Quote, just a pair of reasonably good eyes could identify the culprit. <laughs> Not everyone was part of the statistics. Dr. Deborah Davis's grandmother had her first heart attack during the smog disaster, but she survived. So she wasn't a fatality, according to the official records. But she was someone who died uh, seven years later after 25 heart attacks. Well, um, let's just say that that's a high number for seven years. (laughs) Let's start there. And the first one happened during the smog. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's see. Seven. So that's, um, I mean, that's, th- I mean, you're averaging more than three heart attacks a year. Yeah, you're banging them out. So you're really. Yeah. I think hard, she was. Hard I, to catch a break. I think she was on the local heart attack team. Well, she's putting up great numbers. Great numbers. I mean, she, she. she it, I mean, at some point, I mean, that just has to get so routine at some point. Uh, honey, I'm having another heart attack. All right, I'm going to go get some pineapple. Okay. Bye. Another 50 residents died of respiratory causes within a month after the incident. Uh, notable among those deaths was uh, Lucas Musial, the father of future Hall of Famer Stan Musial. So all those people were not put in the f- fatality statistics from the... So it's actually more like 70 people that died. It just is... David, just some, there's something reminiscent. In 1950, President Truman convened the first National Air Pollution Conference. It just offered rather lame recommendations. The government really didn't do much until 1970 when Nixon signed a Clean Air Act that actually placed strict regulation on factories. So it took 20 Shame years. Shame, too, because he was full of so much hot air, we could have probably polluted as much as we needed wow. to. Wow. Ow! Uh, it wasn't... Uh, talked about in the town for years. So the people in the town just act like... Sure. uh, If you would bring it up, people would say, quote, let it die, let it die. 
they would be like, don't talk, don't Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, all right, we, all right. Yeah, yeah, we get we Everybody died. But we I'm get, just saying, everyone we know is now gone. Yeah, okay, let crazy? it die down. It's like, okay, that's good. That's good. Thank you. We all died. We're moving on to another thing. Let's talk about something else. What's up with the team? How's this team doing this year? They're fine. Remember when they couldn't see the ball in no, the game? No, that's of all the not a thing we're discussing. Just saying somebody should be worried about this stuff. This is our town. We love our town. But our town was covered. Why can't we say no, things bad no, about it? Why can't I say that our town was heavily polluted? Take him out back and kill him. Uh, excuse I me. I tried. I tried, you guys. Wait. I tried. No. Hey. Thank, thank you, boys. <laughs> um, everyone in the town was employed by the mills. So, or you know. Or secondary uh, well, that, job based on the mill workers, right? So they had a restaurant, but still based on the mill. Uh, yeah. So they couldn't they couldn't possibly accept that their livelihood is the thing that was that could kill them at any time. It's like it's like we're comedians, but at any time comedy could murder us. Yeah. That's basically how they're. Well, and also, I mean, it's the same thing today. Like, obviously, where it's like, you know, we. We just won't like we know shit's bad. Like we know that coal is bad, but we still can't. We still won't get off it because know. people are. Oh yeah, you keep going. We'll do this at the. I end. don't know what you're talking we'll, about. We'll draw. We'll connect the dots later. The zinc plant closed in 1957. Donora was another first. It started the decline of the industrial revolution in America. The Donora steel mill became the first major steel mill in the United States to close. The town slowly died. The last public school I felt was, like that it was happening already though. Yeah, the last public school was closed just a few years ago. The last Roman Catholic church was closed recently. The town bridge is closed. And the Donora Historical Society is being sued for damages caused when its headquarters collapsed during a heavy snow. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean... What are they in trouble for? The, the Historical Society is being sued for damages caused when its headquarters collapsed during a heavy snow. <laughs> they're being sued? I know this is a minor detail, but they're being sued because their building collapsed because of snow? I couldn't figure out who was suing them. But. <laughs> Santa? I mean, like... No, that's got to be the heat miser. Who? Oh. <laughs> it's not great. I mean, insult to injury. I'm still just getting over the collapse of the historical museum. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to bring a lawsuit against you, too. That was very upsetting. How's your town? The historical museum has collapsed. Uh, some people in the town still blame the air quality movement for killing Denora. Some? Yeah. There's some people that are still there. They're like, well, if they didn't want clean air, we'd be fine. Oh, that part. I keep thinking when you say kill, you mean humans. No. You mean industry. The town. I right. mean, there's like 5,000 people left in the town. Right. But in truth, Denora was the thing that actually began change in a move toward clean air. There's now a Denora smog museum in the town. Please just tell me it's got nothing on the walls and it's just smog. It has the names of people. It has pictures. It has some other stuff. Uh, there is a plaque that reads in the town, clean air started here. Yeah. Well, not for the right reasons. No. Uh, so, so if we're drawing comparisons to... Do we even need to draw compare? This is the same thing. It's not, because it means that we're going to have to have something horrific happen before we... Right. But, we're, right. but the parallel is drawn to before the um, everyone's dying. We're there. We're I at that point in our story. I don't know... What happens in other countries? Like in China, they've been having massive deaths from smog. As yeah, of late. China's in, the worst. In April, we India. had we had a bunch of deaths in Los Angeles from the, bad air. 
Well, because was that due to the um, what was that fucking gas leak? The uh, no, the it methane. No, leak. it wasn't no. the methane leak, which no, is another it, terrible. It, it one, was right. an, it was an inversion thing, and we had uh-huh. we had air trapped, and a bunch of people went to hospitals, and there was a bunch of res- respiratory issues. Um, so I don't know if if people react to it differently in America because this reminds me of the car episode where people just kept dying and not wanting to change. Right. Uh, so I don't know if that's. If well, that's this, an American thing or if it's a, a world thing where you just stay in it until it's so fucking obvious that something is horrible. Isn't that what it is, though? I think that that I think that, that I, and I don't know if that is a I, I think that is a stronger American mentality than most places. I think we're the I wonder. So I, I think that for sure. Well, I, mean, I, I really do. I think when you you know, when you go other when you go to other countries, it, it's just it's little stuff. But you can just tell that the like. You know that the infrastructure that the city gives more of a shit about the people. Yeah, it is. It's kind of palpable, and it's just kind of evident. Yeah, right. But uh, it, here, I think we need to be fucking slapped across the face repeatedly before we wake up. We respond to tragedy or catastrophe, so we do. Right. I mean, like if truly, if we wanted to solve our problems, what we would, what we should do is we should just set up a convincing UFO, have them land on Earth, and tell us to clean up our act. That's not a bad idea. That would get, like, that's the sort of tactic that would make us go, oh, shit, oh, well, we gotta do, you know, we gotta do something about this. Well, it's just like how 9-11 changed our foreign uh, policy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could could go on and on. Because the cult cult thing is still a thing. I mean, that is, like, when you talk about Trump versus Hillary, there, you know, a big point of contention there is... You know, the uh, people don't want to sacrifice jobs and a local economy, uh, which is, again, understandable for, you know, to for clean for clean energy because it's a it's a switch. And some people have been doing this for so long. Yeah. But you have to. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to. There's no either. Yeah, there's no unemployment without Earth. Oh, that's you mean employment without Earth. There's plenty of unemployment without Earth. There's not either. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no all the minutia. Never it stops mattering the second that you have no oxygen or water. You're so into oxygen. I, look, I've been up oxygen's ass for ages. I love oxygen. I invested in oxygen in the '80s. My name is Gareth. I love the Earth. Okay, for the record, anyone who's listening, that was Dave doing an impression of me. That was not me. I do not talk like that, I and like, I would not. I like birds and air. My name's Gareth. Okay, well, that's you. Uh, no, that I'm you did. Gareth. I like water <laughs> yeah. and air yeah. and plants. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, again, that's because I'm a stupid. All right, I'm a stupid. That's really unfair, and not me. For the record, not me. Signed a car this weekend. <laughs> We sign cars. (laughs) The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Now it is the perfect time to get a really great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the half-ton Tundra. Uh, The Tundra is a workhorse. It's a powerhouse. Uh, It combines raw capability and premium comfort and advanced tech. It's everything you want. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower Farther than ever before. 
or check out the new fully redesigned Tacoma. It has trail-dominating power. It's got a great style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this truck is getting better than ever. And look, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck is going to keep its value for a long, long time. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, that's right. Before you listen to this podcast, I got to tell you about me, GarethReynolds.com. Stand up on the road. Please join me. I will be in Las Vegas, February 26th. Salt Lake, February 27th, February 28th, Denver. It's sold out. You messed up. I'll be in Wichita on February 29th, West Des Moines, March 2nd, two shows. I'll be in Kansas City, March 3rd, Springfield, Missouri, March 4th, Tulsa, Oklahoma, March 5th, uh, March 6th, Oklahoma City, Dallas on the March 7th, Houston, March 8th, Austin, March 9th, San Antonio, March 10th, Lafayette, March 12th, New Orleans, March 13th. Then I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin on April 3rd. West Bend, April 5th. That's Milwaukee. Come on, it is. Uh, Then I'll be in Chicago. Two shows, April 6th. Uh, April 7th, I'll be in Cleveland. Then I'll be at Rooster Teeth Feathers. Sunnyvale, California, I'm coming at you. April 18th, April 19th, April 20th. Go to GarethReynolds.com. We're calling on the Gare Force. You are now the Gare Force. You came up with it. I'm just the liaison. Guess some guy had Garmy, so now you're the Gare Force. You are the Gare Force.